With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hi, everyone. A quick reminder before we begin today that we want to hear from you. Please write to us with your feedback, questions, or ideas for who we should cover in Season 2 of All-American. You can reach us at allamerican at stitcher.com. That's all-American without the hyphen at stitcher.com. And if you've tried to reach us before, I want to encourage you to send your note again. Thank you to listener Dion, who let us know that he was getting a bounce-back reply. We've fixed the issue, and we can't wait to hear from you. Thanks. Previously on All-American. It was just like he had opened up this whole new possibility to what a golfer could be. You've said that I love to compete. That's the essence of, of who I am. What did you mean by that? I love to compete, whatever it is. You and I could be playing cards right now and just want to kick your butt. You'd want to win. No, I want to kick your butt. There's a difference. <laughs> this guy ever win another major? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I hope so. Tiger's competitive career is over. Yes, I think so. On Sunday, April 14th, 2019, the weather in New York City was unseasonably warm. One of those spring days where it felt like winter is finally in the rear view. So I went for a walk around my neighborhood. At around 2.30, I got a push notification to my phone. The New York Times wanted me to know that after 14 years, Tiger Woods had won the Masters. I honestly didn't even know that it was Master Sunday or that Tiger was still playing golf. But seeing this news left me with all these questions about how Tiger got there. And those questions led to this show. So today, we finally arrived at the 2019 Masters, the scene of one of the most improbable comebacks in sports history. And in this episode, we're going to find out, how did he do it? How did Tiger, at age 43, after years of pain and sorrow, manage to rewrite his own story? This is Episode 9, Return to Glory. Albert, hello. Hey, Jordan. Well, Tiger has made it back to Augusta, the site of his very first major back in 1997. You know, some of my best shots that I've ever pulled off have been here. And uh, 
it's just a very special place and I, I'm, I get excited about it. And as you and I learned in our research for this episode, the 2019 Masters Week kicked off with the usual pre-tournament press conference. Yeah, and Tiger seemed relaxed and at ease at this one. He gamely answered every question from reporters, even ones about his wardrobe. Hard-hitting journalism question here, but are the mock turtlenecks things for real this week and what all goes into that decision? Was it your idea or Nike's? Well, I thought it was... A pretty neat look back in the day. Uh, I I like Tiger's grin here. He's like, yeah, a mock turtleneck? That's my signature look. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a turtleneck, but with a shorter, <laughs> looser collar. And Tiger was wearing one the last time he'd won the Masters in 2005. I was probably in a little bit better shape back in those days, but uh, I'd, I'd won events, you know, wearing the mock, and uh, you'll see it on Thursday. Karen Krause of the New York Times was also in the press scrum that day. Right. She's the reporter who we've heard from before who profiled Tiger as a dad all those years ago. Exactly. And that day, she was curious to hear about Tiger's mindset. Tiger, do you feel like you need to win here again or would you do you just want to win here again? Well, I don't really need to win again. Um... I really want to. With that, Tiger flashed a big smile. So, Albert, going into this tournament, Tiger seems like he was finally happy, healthy, and excited to play again on golf's biggest stage. For sure. After his long decade of scandal and struggle, it's finally back to golf. (laughs) And I remember the stretch of days very well. I was still working as an editor at Sports Illustrated here in New York. And our issue was due at the printers on Monday, the day after the Masters wrapped. But we were only planning to run a big story on the tournament if Tiger won it. And did you actually think Tiger could win? No, (laughs) absolutely not. Tiger, he was a long shot. And just going by betting odds going into the tournament, Tiger had about an 8% chance of winning. That's basically like our chances of winning, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And at this point, it'd been years since Tiger was ranked in the top 10 golfers in the world and over a decade since he'd last won a major. Yeah, he was emerging from a really bad place physically. In 2017, Tiger had a spinal fusion surgery. It was his fourth back surgery, and he didn't know when or if he'd ever compete again. Golf was not in my my near future or even the distant future. Uh, I knew I was going to be a part of the game, but playing the game again um, even was... I, I couldn't even do that with my son, Charlie. Couldn't even putt in the backyard. That's Tiger the night before the 2019 Masters kicked off, accepting something called the Ben Hogan Award. Which is sort of like the still-standing trophy. Ben Hogan was a player who returned to golf after a horrible car accident. And the award in his name goes to golfers who have, quote, continued to be active in golf despite a physical handicap or serious illness. And Tiger certainly fit this description, But his spinal recovery, it went surprisingly well. In 2018, he was physically able to play a full season for the first time in years. And as we heard at the end of our last episode, Tiger even had some strong showings that year. 
So he still had a little spark in him, right? Yeah, kind of. Leading up to the 2019 Masters, Tiger was playing well. He even won his first tournament in five years. But it was far from his old days of domination. Mm. He was basically like an aging rock star on a comeback tour. You don't expect any new hits. You're just happy to relive a little of the old magic. (laughs) Right. So the expectations for Tiger were modest going into Masters weekend. But Tiger, like he always is, was still the player to watch. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Michael Collins. Are you feeling that? Guess what? Thursday, first round of the Masters, and today it's for real. It was time for the start of actual Masters golf. Michael Collins kicked off the live coverage for ESPN. It is an absolutely perfect day. Yes, there's some clouds in the sky. Yes, there's a little bit of wind. But it is a really fun time out here at Augusta National. Tiger teed off at 11 a.m. And over the course of the day, he missed some pretty makeable putts, but he had some triumphs, too. He is going on. Second for Tiger at 14. On the 14th hole, in front of a crowd of spectators that were basically breathing down his neck, he hit a tough shot. He was essentially aiming through a row of trees. And look at this one. Getting better by the second, and Woods will have an opportunity to make birdie at 14. Tiger managed to hit the ball through a small gap in the trees and got it on the green. It was way out there. So I'm saying if anybody understands what's going on on that green, it's that gentleman right there. Tiger made a long putt to birdie that hole. And what the announcer is saying is that Tiger knows Augusta inside and out. And he was going to have to rely on his experience to actually contend. After day one, Tiger was in the mix. He was just four shots off the lead with 10 players ahead of him. And previously in his peak, Tiger had a competitive advantage in scenarios like this one. He was so good, it could be downright demoralizing. There was this generation that grew up with Tiger where they almost developed an inferiority complex because they could play beautiful golf and lose by 11 strokes to Tiger. And it was almost as if you could notice players wilting. It was almost a physical sensation that you could feel. So there was this psychological component where players were used to Tiger, if he was anywhere near the lead, game over. That, of course, is the voice of reporter Karen Krause, who we heard from earlier in the show. And she told us that by 2019 there was a new, very different dynamic between Tiger and his competition. This whole generation that was attracted to the game because of Tiger, who watched how fearlessly Tiger attacked courses and took it to his competition, they looked at that and modeled themselves after him. So they're coming at the game rather fearlessly and rather aggressively. They come of age. They come on the tour. 
fearless, and they don't even know to be intimidated by Tiger. And frankly, these younger players, they had a big edge on Tiger. He wasn't going to dominate. He needed to just keep up. So after his steady start on Thursday, Tiger was on to the second round, where, Albert, disaster almost struck. Literally. What a shot. But something happened to Tiger when he was coming out of there. Yeah, there was a freak accident on the 14th hole. A security guard slipped while running to control the crowd. He slid on the wet grass right into Tiger's ankle. Watch the slip. Here he comes. Oh, he was lucky. The heel was in the air. After the guard made contact, Tiger tripped and he winced. But ultimately, he shook it off and birdied on his next shot. It turned into a great hole for him, but honestly, it was a close call. Tiger could have just as easily ended up with a torn ACL and said goodbye to his whole tournament. But instead, on the next hole, we got to see Tiger flash a bit of his old mojo. Tiger for his birdie! Tiger got his second birdie in a row, putting him just one shot back of the lead. We even got the signature Tiger fist pump. But there are signs, subtle signs, of the way Tiger used to play golf. Tiger ended day two tied for sixth place. And the next day, in round three, he kept inching up the leaderboard. Yeah, on Saturday, things were getting serious for Tiger. He still wasn't in the lead, but he was closer than ever. Yeah, it was crunch time. Tiger entered the final day of the tournament tied for second place with 29-year-old Tony Finau. And for those of us who were covering the story at Sports Illustrated, it was dawning on us that this could be a very, very big story. Yep, Tiger was in striking distance of his first green jacket in 14 years. And all bets were off. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. 
Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. With Tiger in the Hunt, the final round of the Masters was once again must-see TV. Good morning from the Masters, and what a day this is going to be. The early start with the leader, Francesco Molinari, now just leaving the practice facility. He'll be playing today with Tiger Woods, who's two back. By now, surely you recognize this voice. It's CBS's Jim Nance kicking off the final round coverage. And we've heard from Nance in previous episodes. This was his 34th year covering the Masters. And as Nance mentioned, tea time had been moved up. This was due to looming weather. Tiger and his fellow competitors were playing under threat of thunderstorms. The day had this kind of surreal quality to it with Tiger actually in contention. And the extra early start and washed-out gray skies just added to that feeling. At half-past nine in the morning, Tiger stepped up for his first shot. Four, please. Tiger Woods now driving. Tiger was in his Sunday best. Black pants, a black Nike cap, and yes, the red mock turtleneck. In this familiar final round outfit, he honestly looked timeless. Will this be the day that, as recent as just two years ago, no one ever thought would happen again? Tiger win a major. Tiger was trying to do something he'd never actually done before. Come from behind in the final round to win a major. Right, and Tiger was grouped with two other guys at the top of the leaderboard. Tony Finau, and Francesco Molinari, who was coming off a win at the British Open. Both Molinari and Finau are considerably younger than Tiger, and we talked earlier about how today's younger players never face Tiger at his most intimidating stage. But now that it was Sunday and Tiger was in the mix, the energy around him was electric. And the crowds? Let's just say they weren't there to see Molinari or Finau. Walking to that first tee, I've never... I've never heard this many people in my life. I've never seen this many people. And, and it, was, it was kind of a surreal feeling getting to that first tee. You know, that first, the first tee shot, uh, I was definitely nervous. That's Finau in an interview with Golf.com's podcast, Subpar. And like a lot of his peers, Finau was a huge Tiger fan growing up. Tiger's Masters win in 1997 inspired Finau to get into golf. Finau's also the first PGA player of Tongan and Samoan descent. So, like Tiger, he stands out as one of the few people of color on the tour. And so that final round, Finau tried to break the ice with his childhood hero. He said hi and good luck to Tiger on the first hole, but didn't get a response. And he continued to get the cold shoulder over the next few holes, too. We finally get to the seventh hole, and and Tiger and I are walking next to each other off the tee, and, and I said... Uh, hey, Tiger, you know, it's kind of awkward. I'm like, how come he's not talking to me? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should say something to him. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, Tiger, how's, uh, you know, how's the kids? You know, and he's like, oh, they're doing fine. 
And he just laser eyed straight, you know, straight down the fairway and just kept on walking. And from that point on, I said, well, I, I guess I know where, yeah. where his, you know, where his attitude's at. And I'm not talking to him for the rest of the day. So he, he pretty much still told me with a straight face, leave me alone. Yeah. You know? So Tiger, he really had his game face on. The old killer instinct kicked in. <laughs> it did. And they were entering a stretch at Augusta where any shot can land in the water. When they arrived at the 12th hole, Tiger was still two shots back. And the 12th is Augusta's most well-known hole. It's the shortest, but it's also the most treacherous. It's notorious for unpredictable winds, two sand bunkers, and a creek that runs in front of the green. This hole is part of what they call Amen Corner, because when you make a shot that stays dry... Amen. (laughs) Exactly. And this stretch of holes has decided a lot of winners. Molinari was up first. That was just so weak. And it doesn't go so well for him. The shot falls short and lands in the water. And when Fino steps up, A little light on for three now. Oh. Unbelievable. He has similar luck. When it's Tiger's turn, he plays it differently than the other guys. That was safe going safe, that one, wasn't it? That's what... Big Jack would say, if in doubt, you go in between the two bunkers. Tiger Woods went with the Nicholas strategy over the central bunker. Absolutely, Jack. Frank. That was a very old-school, smart move from Tiger. Tiger channels Jack Nicholas for a safer shot than the younger version of himself might have taken. And it was a huge turning point, because as Molinari and Finau double-bogeyed, Tiger had a shot for par. He has to hit this solid. It's going to start outside the hole. It's kind of slow, isn't it? You've got to stand up and crunch this. Uh, Hit it firm, too. Who would have thought? Game on. For the first time in the tournament, Tiger is tied for the lead. And on the 16th hole, he flashes a bit of that old Tiger magic. And when he won here the last time in 2005, Tiger Woods had a one-shot lead and he stood on his tee. He also had an eight iron. He does this time as well. It's an astonishing shot. Tiger hits the ball from 170 yards away, and... It ends up two feet away from the hole. When he needs it most, Tiger can still pull out shots that no one else does. Well, Vern, the Tiger's hunted them down, and now he's gone in for the kill. (laughs) He birdies on the next shot and takes the outright lead. By now, it was 2.30 on the East Coast, and it felt like the whole world was tuned in to this 
epic five-hour drama. And this golf tournament was turning into a human drama. Half of the shots now were these really extended close-ups of Tiger's face, which was completely stoic. He was all focus. But you could occasionally see beads of sweat rolling down his face, and even some on his shirt. And it wasn't from the heat. It was the only evidence that Tiger felt the enormity of this moment. At the 17th hole, the camera cut to the crowd, to a close-up of a small group looking on. These faces were both familiar and new. These were the people in Tiger's life now. His mom is there. Petita. Son Charlie in the foreground. Daughter Sam in the back. His girlfriend Erica. This has been one of the biggest goals for Tiger in this remarkable comeback. And that was for his children to experience this. For them to see their father win a major title. The last time Tiger had won a major, his daughter Sam was a baby, and his son Charlie wasn't even born yet. Whatever they knew of Tiger's first 14 majors, that was secondhand. In fact, this was their very first time visiting Augusta to cheer their dad on in this final stretch. Sam Woods, now 11, and Charlie, now 10, and dressed in black and red, just like his dad. And it was also kind of startling to see Tita again after all these years. She was in her mid-70s now with fully gray hair. The last time we'd seen her on a stage like this, it was hugging Tiger after his public apology. Also with the family was Tiger's girlfriend of nearly two years, Erica Herman. Sam, Charlie, Tita, and Erica, the four of them looked on with the rest of the crowd as Tiger walked up to the green on the 18th hole with a two-shot lead. Think of all the youngsters who were inspired by his greatness. A generation that, in many cases, we're seeing compete on the worldwide stage today and now introducing to a new wave of youngsters what it's like to see Tiger Woods in this position at a major. All Tiger needed was an easy three-foot putt to close it out. As he set up for the shot, the camera cut once more to Tita, lips tight, looking tense. She was gripping her grandson's shoulders. Little Charlie, in his backwards baseball cap, looked on and clapped. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. Waited for years. Jim Nance, who announced Tiger's very first win at Augusta over 20 years ago, he would do it again here. Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory. The putt went in no problem, and the crowd erupted immediately, of course. But at first, Tiger's reaction was subtle. He gave a small fist pump and gently bent over one leg to retrieve the ball from the cup. He couldn't resist the crowd for long, though. And why should he? He turned to face his screaming fans and threw his arms up. Ball in one hand, club in the other. Eyes shut, mouth open. Pure 
Bliss. Before Tiger could finish politely shaking hands with his opponents and hugging his caddy, Joe Bacava, the crowd was chanting his name. The victory looked like it was starting to sink in. Tiger paced around the green, a broad grin plastered on his face, except in the brief moments where he looked tearful. He gave a few more fist pumps as he strode into the crowd. It was time to celebrate with the people who mattered to him most. Tiger walked until he saw his son. He scooped Charlie up and let out a cry as they embraced in a long, tight hug, their red shirts pressed together. Next up was Tita. Even through all the cheers, you can still make out Tita saying, I'm so proud of you. After hugging his daughter Sam and girlfriend Erica, the hugs kept coming for Tiger until it was time to head through the crowd. Karen Krauss was there that day, still on assignment for the New York Times. Her story on Monday made the front page above the fold with the headline, Triumph Ends Woods Years in Wilderness. Seeing Tiger celebrate with his family, that moment stuck with Karen. I get goosebumps just thinking about it because that was the most human we'll ever see Tiger. And I'm glad that he was able to have that moment for himself. But I'm also glad that we were allowed in to see that, you know, that we saw that side of him, even if it was just for a minute. Tiger rested a hand on his son's shoulder as they walked together toward Butler Cabin, where the green jacket was waiting. Charlie grinned through his braces, looking truly tiny beside his tall, champion father. I never thought we'd see anything that could rival the hug with his father in 1997. But we just did. That will be the greatest scene in golf forever, Jim Nance. And that, that hug with his children. If that doesn't bring a tear to your eye, if you're a parent, you're not human. Now the, the whole euphoria of everything, the patrons, his emotion, the chanting, we will never see anything as exhilarating as that. Fantastic. Congratulations, Tiger. Unbelievable. That same afternoon, on deadline at Sports Illustrated, we basically tore up the issue. Not only did we write up a big story, but just a few hours later, we finalized the cover and posted it on Instagram. It's Tiger on the 18th hole, his arms raised, letting out a primal scream. He looks like a prize fighter after a knockout. We grappled with the cover line, trying to find the right language to capture the moment, and ultimately landed on what felt right. Nothing. The cover doesn't have any headlines at all, 
because it just felt like no words could do the moment justice. Well, the rest of the world sure had a lot to say. Tiger's name was tweeted almost 60,000 times that Sunday. Everyone from Serena Williams to Jack Nicholas to LeBron James tweeted their congratulations to Tiger. And in a rare moment of agreement, so did both President Trump and Obama. And sports commentators went basically berserk. In all my years of covering sports, I have never seen an athlete fall so far as Tiger Woods did and rise all the way back to the very top, not just to the top, to the very top of his sports and beat as loaded a leaderboard as I have ever seen in Masters history. That's Skip Bayless on Fox Sports. And Albert, he's getting at what separates this win from Tiger's 14 prior majors, which is everything and everyone he had to overcome to get there. Exactly. Tiger had to fight for this one. The grit and determination it took to battle his way back from so many low points, that's what people really responded to. Well, I think it hit everybody emotionally. I mean, I think that's what that victory was, was emotion being released, uh, his emotion, but also spectators' emotions. A warm welcome back to Jaime Diaz, who we've heard from a few times in the series, and who first met Tiger when he was just 14. Just like in 1997, Jaime was at the Masters to soak up Tiger's big triumph in person. Everybody's had struggles, but his struggle was on a grander scale. And he was doing it publicly. And we worship our heroes. I mean, the greatest heroes are based on great achievements and overcoming difficulties. And so that's what he did. And I think he, he showed tremendous character and, and tremendous growth in terms of what he got to. You know, this moment of Tiger's comeback, it's maybe Tiger's most relatable moment. For the first time, he was the underdog. He worked so hard to come all the way back and he was rewarded for that. And that's what made the moment so unexpectedly moving to me. Tiger also had suddenly blown open the door on what seemed possible for his career. After his jaw-dropping comeback, everyone, myself included, was left wondering, what would be next for Tiger? Next time on All-American. Today is my privilege to award our nation's highest civilian honor to one of the greatest athletes in the history of sports. First of all, you're, you're never going to say who's the greatest of all time. Remember when everybody was talking shit on Tiger Woods, like, oh, blah, 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 this, blah, blah, blah. And then he fucking came and won that green jacket. That's what I'm going to name my album. All American is a production from Stitcher. This episode was written and produced by Gianna Palmer and Albert Chen, with additional writing and production by me, Jordan Bell. Gianna Palmer is also our story editor. Casey Holford mixed this episode and composed our theme music. Our senior producer is Abigail Keel. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Daisy Rosario. Special thanks to Lindsay Craddawill for her time and Pro Tools skills, to Peter Clowney for his editing support, and to our fact-checker, Kelvin Bias, 
who fact-checked this episode while recovering from appendicitis. Get well soon. Remember, we want to hear from you. Send us your feedback and your ideas for who we should cover next season to allamerican at stitcher.com. And if you like All American, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Thanks. Being below par is good. Only in golf, though. But only in golf. In life, you want to be above par. Yeah, you want to be above par. But, like, doesn't compute, all right? (laughs) Stitcher. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.